Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. This is the podcast for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and today we got an incredible guest that will talk about how do we grow our mailing list to more than 10,000 people. So in particular, if you're relying on social media or you have a small mailing list and you're looking to building it up, this is the episode for you. So make sure you stick around until the end. Uh, one more thing before, a couple of things actually, before we get started. Uh, number one, make sure you download our ultimate publicity bundle because you know that visibility is key for any coaching, consulting, expert business. Because if no one knows who you are and what you do, ah, good luck. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. That's why we have done the hard work for you. We have created a database with more than 700 podcasts, publications, magazines, blogs, divided all by categories that are looking for experts like yourself for different, different topics. We have health and fitness, business, well-being, management, leadership, relationships, you name it, is there. So make sure you check the link in the show notes. It's called the Ultimate Publicity Bundle. Get it straight away and uh, enjoy the increased visibility that you will experience. Also, if you're new to the show and you're not subscribed yet to the podcast, you don't want to miss all the other episodes, so make sure you subscribe straight away. And um, also, there is a link in the show notes to join our Facebook community. So click the link as well and join our Facebook community where we can keep going and um, uh, complete then the conversation. And also we have a lot of bonus trainings to help you grow your coaching and speaking business that we have there. Having said that, it is time to introduce our special guest for today. Um, she is a marketing strategist for coach uh, and coach for compassionate entrepreneurs. Since 2008, she's become known for maximizing bootstrap budgets and increasing profit by 600% while reducing spend by 50% and plus. She's also a featured writer for Entrepreneur Magazine, and she's spoken about marketing on virtual stages of more than 10,000 people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Justine Burgard. Justine, Thank you so much. You nice to see you too. So great to be here. Well, I mean, it was a, such a great interview. That I loved it. I think we met on Clubhouse first. We clicked immediately. We have a few Instagram Messenger exchange. Then yeah. I was a guest on your show, then you're here, and it's great <laughs> to have you here. So, um, yeah. so where, tell us uh, where are you based? Uh, let's, let's start with that. Where are you based? And... Yeah, so I'm from Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and now I live in the beautiful state of New Hampshire, which is not too far away. It's about an hour outside of the city, and I have mountains in my backyard, and it's lovely, and I just really enjoy being in the quiet. I'm an introvert, so I love being at home and mm -hmm. just taking in nature. It's lovely. Before, before we get into the mailing list part, what do you like to do actually in your quiet time? You know, the things that you like to do outside your business to recharge batteries. What, what is that for you? I love to write. I've been a published poet since I was nine years old. No way. It's, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I published, I self-published my own book in 2014. And I'm just, I'm always writing. I've been singing and songwriting for many years. I just, I write poetry. I write songs. I write just my thoughts. It's just a hobby. I, if I'm not 
sitting around watching TV with my husband or something, I'm probably writing somewhere. Ooh. So I'm, I'm not, oh, I now, I now want to hear a poem. And I, I now, I now want to hear one. I don't know if you're going to have time today though. It's like, would you have something and you don't need to do it now, but something yeah. that we can find before the end of the episode. What do you think? Hmm. I haven't published any of my poetry yet. Okay. So like I am the poem that I wrote when I was nine that is published in a celebration of poets. That's the book that it was published in. I could probably remember that. It was pretty short. Okay. Do, do you want to give it a go? Sure. All right. <laughs> I like how this podcast interview, they just take a turn. Okay. Ooh. So this is, well, this is, this is a nine-year-old writing. So keep that in mind. This is sure. not my most skillful work, but it was about a willow tree that was across the street from my house. And I said, the willow tree is my favorite spot. I like to play under it a lot. If I could, I would play all day long, drink hot cocoa and sing a song. If you were me, then you would too, because I love this tree. And so will you. That was uh, it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's yeah. Brilliant. What a great memory as well. <laughs> I do have a really good memory. I remember going to the Cape with my mom, which is in, in Massachusetts. And there was a car parked in our parking spot. And my mom said, remember this license plate, because we have to call it in when we get into the house that they have to move because we only had so many spots. Mm -hmm. I still remember the license plate was 613 FVX. I can't tell you how I remember these things, but I have a really good memory. (laughs) Wow. I I need a bit of that. I need a bit of that. I'm like, uh, uh, what's that, Dory? Uh, don't know if you're finding. Oh email. yes, <laughs> we're the opposite. We're perfect balance. <laughs> we are. We definitely are. We definitely are. That's why this interview is going so well. So That's let's right. talk about marketing and building mailing lists. Uh, how did you yeah. get your passion for marketing? Oh geez, you know what's so funny? I was a terrible marketer. <laughs> okay. I went to That's university. <laughs> I went to university for entrepreneurship and business management because my grandmother had been a serial entrepreneur. And when I was growing up back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, she ran a computer chip company and she was the breadwinner in her family. She had five children. She retired her husband at 43 years old and she was just this powerhouse woman. And I watched her growing up and thought to myself, if she can do this, I could do this. And Ever since a young age, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I started a friendship uh, bracelet making company when I was like five or six, and I called it JJ's Jewelry Co. because my middle name has a J in it as well. And then I started charging people cover charges to come see sock puppet shows in my backyard. And I would get all the neighbors to come. And I just was always making money. When other kids were playing with their friends, like tag outside, I was sitting at a desk that I had made for myself, making homemade laminated business cards for my company that I would bring to school and sell anything that I could. So I've always kind of had that gene. And then when I went to university, I was studying management and all of my accounting and finance classes, I had perfect scores on every exam. I was always really great at math. And it was so boring to me. And when I took some of my first marketing classes, it was 
the first class that really challenged me because I had different perspectives than my teachers. And I realized that a lot of the ideas I came up with were totally subjective for them. Like if they didn't like the idea, then I would get a B. If they love the idea, I would get an A or, you know, these Mm -hmm. types of things. And I thought I could either choose to just cruise through school, get a job as an accountant, make good money just right out of school, or I could lean into this. That's a little bit more challenging and a little bit more creative and, you know, has the subjective component to it. And the more that I got into my marketing classes, the more I fell in love with it. And I just got my first job out of college as a marketer, had a marketing degree, um, studied marketing abroad. I went to university in France and I completed my degree with a French minor and have just had marketing jobs ever since. It's been almost 15 years I've been doing this. Wow. I actually have uh, one question, another question, which is um, outside the mailing list part. What are your (laughs) views uh, around, uh, you know, um, like taking a degree in entrepreneurship? Because I went to, I lasted six months at university uh, and I studied philosophy and I loved it, but I was like, yeah. I'm never going to get any money here. So I, I was already earning some good money in the catering industry. And I was like, I'm, I was earning, I think I was like 20 and I was making between like four to five grand a month working wow. in managing restaurants. And I was like, I'm making more than my university teacher. And all the people that I knew that were in my network. So a bit because of my ego and also because of what the options I had. I was like, I'm sticking with restaurants, right? But what are your views about the usefulness of a degree in entrepreneurship? Or is it something just practical? Is it something that is needed? What are your thoughts? I have kind of, you know, conflicting thoughts about it, right? Because I feel like, I owe everything to my college experience because that's where I met. Well, first of all, I had four jobs in college. I paid for college with scholarships and four jobs and working my butt off, right? So I really learned like the importance of money and how to manage it and taking classes that really kind of taught me those foundational pieces that allowed me to get my first job. So I feel like there were parts of that experience that I wouldn't be where I am today without it, but it's also my specific experience, right? I, I have a cousin who very similar to you did not last in school. She got a job as a restaurant manager. She worked in Boston. She made a six figure income, like didn't have any student loans. It was amazing. But then she got to the point in her career where she was having kids and she couldn't be working nights and weekends, which is what that job required. And she didn't have a degree to fall back on. So now she's making half that and working mother's hours at a small place that she doesn't really love the work. And, you know, it kind of went the other way for her. So I always say, and to my kids, this is what I say get a piece of paper, right? Go to school for two years, go to community college, get a piece of paper. It doesn't matter what it's in. Take all your gen eds first, get that degree. Even if it's an associates, you have some foundational piece that's going to help you help it make it easier. If you ever want to get a corporate job, because they will require it. I've seen it so many times in my husband going back to school and all these different people that I know 
who just say, get the piece of paper. I don't think a degree in entrepreneurship is necessarily required. Um, my father-in-law is a perfect example. He has a forestry degree and he was an IT VP of IT for a small business for many, many years, made great money and retired early. So it really doesn't matter what the degree is in, but I definitely do think that it helps. Thank you for sharing. I, I, lo- I love having this, uh, this kind of conversation because everyone brings in different perspective and their own experience. And yes, I agree with you in terms of like, if someone wants to fall back into a, like a, into employment, uh, they're looking for it. Otherwise, like I, I went straight from restaurant to starting my own business at 22. So, yeah. And I think you're that. the exception, but, not the rule. Yeah. yeah. yeah and the other true. thing I would say is be smart about taking out loans and things like that. You know, I was just having this. It's funny that you brought this up because I was just talking to my husband this morning about this and saying when our kids decide to go to school, we are going to pursue grants, scholarships. They're going to have financial literacy ingrained mm-hmm. in them. They're going to know how to manage their money. Yeah. They're not going to walk away from student loan with student loans of $100,000 or massive debt. Yeah. They're going to walk away with, you know, some loans, I'm sure, but we're going to do our best to minimize yeah. that amount of losses. So, yeah. and, and I think that that also hap- helps having you going through your experience and your husband going through your experience and then making sure that, you know, I'm, uh, I think financial literacy is crucial. I wish I had some financial literacy before I started my business, for example. Same. Because, uh, <laughs> I was like, I, I've never had a problem making money, but I also never had a problem spending it all. So yeah, <laughs> yeah same. That's, that, uh, and it was when I met my wife that she was like, okay, actually, you know, you don't have a credit card. It's like, what's a credit score? I didn't <laughs> even know. And I was, it was a, <laughs> It was at 25, 26, 27, I think. Yeah. And I didn't have a credit card. My credit score was deep in the red because I, defo- I, was, I defaulted on payment. I didn't even know how that, the impact of that. And it took me about six, seven years to rebuild the credit score, just like yeah. credit building credit cards. And so having that awareness, uh, I know we are digressing here, but it's just personal curiosity and I like having a chat with you. So, hey, yo. Yeah. It's my podcast. Same here. So, uh, <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> do what I want. Right, that, that's uh, okay. Uh, no, the, the, the listeners are like, okay, now, but now, okay, get off your soapbox and, and, and talk about marketing. Yeah. Uh, you, you have a, I know you have a specific way that you help for yourself in particular, as well as your clients uh, grow your mailing list. And yeah. let's start for, for the basic first about before we go into the steps, like why every business should have a mailing list. Uh, let's start from there and then building on the steps. Well, I have another kind of conflicting, like polarizing thought about this. I don't think everybody needs a mailing list, <gasps> right? I know. Shocker. It's, it's a big shock for people. Here's the thing. Do what you're great at, right? You don't own any platform, including your email. A lot of people say, get off of social media and get your email list. That's not exactly right, right? You would have to have a reminder set up to automatically go in and download your CSV files from your email service provider. You don't own their servers. You don't own any of that. So if one day people decide email's dead, nobody's providing email management anymore, that's going to be a very manual process. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, right? I think email is around to stay. I think it's a beautiful way to get your message to people in a more personalized manner. I think when you're on social media, 
the algorithm is showing your content to two to 5% of your followers, where in email, you can get 25% of your followers to open up your stuff and read it. So the visibility is way better, but also your exposure is limited to your list. Instead of social media, you can use the right hashtags and suddenly go viral and get massive exposure for your brand mm -hmm. that way. So there's pros and cons to all of the marketing activities that you choose to pursue in your business. I just find email to be one of those easy integrated add-ons to any other actions that you're doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need an email list. And I think if you are not committed to nurturing your list mm -hmm. and creating ongoing content for them, there is literally no point to you having an email list because you're just going to gather subscribers to say that you did it and then do nothing with them. And that's not serving you or them or your back pocket, right? Because you're going to be spending money on these email service providers to manage all those contacts. And then if you send them nowhere and you make no money off of that, then why would you continue to do it? Yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. You know, when you, when you said that not every business should have a mailing list, I almost had an heart attack because <laughs> I, I believe that every business should have a mailing list, but listening to your point is true. It's like at the end of the day, you can have a mailing list, but if you don't nurture it, it's almost like having a social media account full of followers, but they can, they're not seeing your stuff. You know, right. it, it, marketing is a relationship game. So whatever, whatever platform you have, and in fact, I'm actually going to download and take a backup now that you mentioned of my mailing list because I haven't done it for a while. So thank you. Yeah, go do that. But, but I, <laughs> I already opened my, like I already were talking, I already opened my, my email provider as a reminder now because I haven't done it for, for a few months. But the, um, uh, but it's true is the engagement and the, is the consistency of content. And then emails that gives you that extra edge over social media where um, it's still less crowded. Let's say it's, it's yeah. still the inbox are crowded because we receive many emails, but it's still less than the amount of social media messages that yes. we see. Um, okay. So let's look at, because uh, I, I love emails. I love emails. Um, I email. I do too. I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing. So uh, tell me your process in terms of building your list, because uh, that's one yeah. of the most the, the things that people struggle with the most is like, okay, I know I got to have one, but how do I build it? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I actually went back into my email service provider and I looked at all the stats from my first year as a coach. That's when I first started building my list and it was, I learned the hard way. Okay. So when I give you these numbers, you can thank me later because I did all the things wrong. It took me way longer than it needed to. I didn't build out the systems in advance. Like nothing was prepped when I did this. So this was a total throw spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. And now you get the benefit of hindsight and having been able to look back at that and go, oh, that's how that was created. But in the moment, this none of this was really intentional except for the concept of building the list, right? So it wasn't necessarily that I knew by starting a Facebook group, I would grow my list to 4,000 people in a year. It was a hunch that I would grow it by a few thousand, right? And that was my intention and my goal, but that was not a given. So when I started this whole thing, it was really just how far can I get if I make email a core part of my marketing efforts, a core part of my funnel, a core part of my process. And that's really like the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is if you're looking to build your list and you want to grow it to 10,000 people in a year, it better be a priority, right? Because that doesn't happen by mistake. That's not like a, oh, that's interesting. I just grew my list by 10,000 people. 
that is an intentional prioritized effort that you are making in your business. So a couple of things. So number one was that Facebook group. I launched a Facebook group called Mm -hmm. Compassionate Entrepreneurs. And in a year, I grew it to about 4,000 people. So just over 90% of the people in my group put their email into the form when I asked them, you know, what's your email address? What business are you in? Those types of things. So those qualifying questions are a great way to build community and ask them, you know, those questions early. And then from there, what I did was created a campaign to make the most out of the Facebook group. So I not only built my list, but I also got my engagement of my group way wow. up because I would give them tips on, you know, we're doing a post this week about this and make sure you add your insights and make sure you comment with your offers and those types of things. So just using it for multi-purpose, never is one marketing action only for one specific purpose. You can always repurpose your marketing action.